This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. There was a repetitive message on my uh, Twitter that someone was messaging different names, different uh, handles, saying... Take a look at what this person in Vancouver is saying about this member of parliament that he is corrupt and involved in a corruption. It clearly looked like a spam. It looked like a spam to me at the time. And now I know that it was uh, orchestrated, I guess, uh, by some group. The voice of Liberal MP Omar Algabra talking about something that he experienced and he's not alone. And so, look, we're all paying attention to what's going on in the Mideast, which is just great. China's loving this, right? Uh, But they've been very busy stealing our data, and uh, they've got a new propaganda campaign that's targeting critics that would include our prime minister, the conservative leader, and 47 MPs, including Omar Al-Gabra. And it's called Spamiflage. And it's a tactic that uses networks of um, new or hijacked social media accounts, and then they go and they post and amplify all this propaganda or really damaging messages across the platforms. And they also use, you know, deep fake, where they have these manipulated videos spreading all sorts of fake stories. And you may, re- you may recall a story. We, I think we even talked about it back to August and the release of millions of tons of treated radioactive water from the uh, ruined Fukushima nuclear power plant. Do you remember that? That was one of the fake stories that was put out there, that they were going to unleash all this water into our waterways. And it freaked a lot of people out. Yeah, no, that was part of this Campaign. Let me bring in Christian Luprecht, professor over at the Royal Military College of Canada, also expert on security and defense, and his latest book, Polar Cousins, Antarctica and Arctic Geostrategic Futures. Good to have you. Been a while. Alex, it's always a pleasure. Hello. Always, always. And I'm, I'm you know, I was watching 60 Minutes on um, Sunday. I don't know if you caught the Five Eye Partners, which I thought was fascinating to watch because they came out publicly speaking. I guess they feel that the threat is so urgent. And, and, and again, China. China's threat to us is so overwhelming. And yet, even though we know we have all the campaigns and the, you know, playing and tinkering and and crossing the line in this country, Christian, there doesn't seem to be a lot of urgency to address it. So they just do it. Yeah, well, urgency means that you actually recognize an adversary and you actually recognize the threat that that adversary poses. And China is very subtle, right? So you don't see it. You don't see the sleeper agents, the, you know, the United Kingdom alone, uh, their intelligence service estimating 20,000 sleeper agents in the United Kingdom embedded in public, private sector and government institutions to be activated. We don't see uh, the uh, extent to which um, uh, Chinese signals intelligence scoops up data from around the world, including our own data. Um, and of course, one of the reasons why uh, we, allies were so insistent on banning Huawei routers, uh, because that would allow China to further infiltrate our networks and, uh, and control and spy on data flows. Um, and we don't see the type of uh, reporting that uh, you just alluded to in terms of spamouflage and other um, significant large-scale attempts to manipulate social media uh, using bots in a large way and large scale 
to try to manipulate both the messaging that people see as well as uh, who ends up seeing that messaging. And of course, we saw in 2016 that that can be done to quite considerable effect in elections. Sure. So, you know, you put all the nodes together and you would think that perhaps we would be paying much greater urgency to this. I mean, the latest file is research security where, of course, China is deeply embedded uh, in key sectors in this country within universities that are inherently open institutions. And the government has promised for months that it will come out with a policy, mm-hmm. that it will list Chinese institutions. Uh, we were told that this would come before the summer. But, of course, we seem to be far more concerned about possibly inventing, uh, offending uh, China and any Canadian investments in China than we are about the security of this country, it would appear. Well, you know, look, we've got this inquiry. God knows when that starts. Um, But, you know, we seem to be going backwards at a time when every one of our allies is shoring up, right? Everybody's now realizing, oh, my God, we could be going to World War III, given the situation that unfolded in the last two weeks. You know, got China moving ships and you've got Taiwan really vulnerable right now. I mean, the world is a, a dangerous place. I think I don't think I'm overestimating that. And yet we just don't seem to have an urgency to deal with stuff that we've known is going on for years. Like this, if everyone wanted to put an, an example forward of a government taking something seriously, they probably should have caught this campaign now and she said, look, we've got tools in place now because look what we stopped. Yeah, so I think there's two separate challenges associated with that. One is, of course, that Canada becoming irrelevant in the world. So that is to say that, you know, allies are looking at us and going, you know, if if you want to give up your democratic institutions to China and Chinese influence, if you don't want to invest in defense and you don't want to show up with assets, if you don't want to invest in diplomacy and actually have the capacity to provide robust sort of missions uh, across the world, all that's okay. But what it means is you're just simply not going to have a voice at the table. We saw this very loud and clear, for instance, uh, last Monday when Biden had a phone call with yeah. what's known as the Quint, um, Germany, France, the UK, and Italy, and deliberately left two G7 countries off, uh, Canada and Japan. Now, Japan, of course, has a tiny Jewish and tiny Muslim population, um, but that Canada was left off was clearly a decision about Canada has nothing to offer. Canada has nothing to contribute. Why would we talk to Canada? And the problem is, of course, from a Canadian perspective, sure, if we want to be irrelevant in the world, nobody really cares because we're not really a relevant country. So if we want to assert our interests, we need to be able to contribute. So what that means is we've lost the ability to assert our interests and to shape a very dangerous and rapidly evolving 21st century um, uh, security, uh, security environment. So, you know, I think the, this is really the, the tragedy about the approach mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's being taken. The other is, of course, that now you, you hear, even also in public sources, an increasing number of U.S. intelligence sources that believe that, that, that Canada is a weak link. Yeah. Canada is a weak link not just in terms of how we deal with our own security, but Canada is a weak link in terms of intelligence. Yeah. And so that certain types of intelligence are no longer being shared with us. Our big, the reason why we could underinvest in security is because we had this great relationship with some of the strongest allies in the world. And of course, at the top of the international security pyramid is the United States. And we've so successfully undermined that relationship and, and at least the perception uh, of our reliability um, that this is now coming at a very heavy cost to our ability also to understand where the world is going. Yeah, and they'll protect us to protect themselves, but uh, I think they're pretty uh, fed up. But, you know, you only look back. To Nortel, remember, uh, China stole that. It took pensions away and, and like, 
employees across this country, people across this country were destroyed by the basically the theft of that company and the, the destruction of that company. And we just don't learn. We just don't learn. Look, I, you know, it, it, it is tragic to some extent to which, uh, for instance, some ex-politicians in this country have essentially become uh, hostage capital by the Chinese regime and have been willing to accept all sorts of monies and, uh, and jobs, for instance, for, for their children in China. I think this is like inexcusable. Um, and I think it's also tragic to the extent to which, you know, the the, the, the Sinophiles in this country, you know, because they hold significant investment relationships and the like, um, you know, continue to, I, I believe, actively lobby the current government not to go too hard on uh, not to go too hard on China. Uh, and I think, you know, this this trying to kind of find this sort of middle road uh, is not possible in an environment where, you know, China uh, acts in completely unprofessional, aggressive ways towards our attempts at the air and at sea to enforce uh, and and uh, have people abide by international law in the region where, can, uh, where China uh, regularly comes out and, uh, and, and, you know, accuses other countries such as Canada, as in this case that you just reported on, mm. of false information and of misinformation. I mean, what could be more farcical and comical than a country that itself will not permit any form of free speech and tries to control anything and everything uh, somebody says on their own internet. You know, this is not a country that I think can, uh, um, you know, and look, the, the weaker we show ourselves to be, the great contrast to Australia, Australia's been willing to stand up and Australia still has a robust relationship with China, but has drawn clear red lines in the sand. You know, whereas I think the ways, for instance, the prime minister has been snubbed by President uh, by President Xi shows that kind of has complete disregard for this country yeah. because we're unwilling to stand up for ourselves and we're basically uh, quite willing to, you know, to be submissive. And, you know, God forbid we, we offend the dictators and the authoritarian regime in Beijing. Sadly, we're about to, I guess, see the cost of our irrelevance. Hopefully it uh, won't be... You know, with a worst case scenario, but certainly it's on display for everyone to see. Very much appreciate it, Christian. Thank you. We'll talk again. Always a pleasure. And thanks for drawing attention to the matter. Always. There you go. That's uh, Christian Luprecht, who has been talking about this for years. Years and years and years. And now here we are. No one listened to the warnings.